Hi, everybody, and welcome to a very special At the Devil's Ball, the podcast where we talk about horror and genre films in a positive and constructive manner. I am Nathaniel. And I am Samuel. And this week, uh, it's uh, it's May the 4th be with you. Uh, yes. The the uh, I don't know how I feel about the the meme of that, but um, right. Anyway, we're bringing a Star War at you uh, of some such, um, and uh, we're gonna uh, put our uh, positive and constructive abilities to the test, right? With arguably the worst of the Star Wars movies. Uh, you think this is the worst Star Wars movie? Is this your pick um, for the worst Star Wars movie? Mm, no not quite all right we'll get to that then we'll yeah. get to what 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 possibly could be lower than this right. but uh we're gonna do uh star wars episode one the phantom the, menace yes. yeah yeah uh, there is a there's a phantom it is a menace of some kind right i don't know is it helping um and um uh, i think this is probably the worst of the star wars films right. um and um I mean, including the holiday special. Like, I think I actually like the holiday really? special. Really? Yeah. But um, what is your pick for the worst, by the way? Do you, what, what, um, you know, we might as well just jump I, into that. I mean, what yeah, you... I've always I've always on the fence between uh, Attack of the Clones and uh, Revenge of the Sith. Because part of me, like, I think I think really the worst film is Attack of the Clones. But um, okay. I, I grew increasingly agitated by the prequels with each one. Sure. And I, I hated each one of them more than the last one just because they never seemed to get it together yeah no they that's very true out of it you know that's so. very true yeah um obviously i mean i, I think i told you this obviously i watched i just watched the rift tracks version again right the rift tracks um, was great yeah it's a pretty good one um it was just a smike nelson and kevin murphy and right. um it's um it's a fun uh rift tracks but uh but yeah there's a couple of of lines that I think sum it up perfectly that they mm. do like Mike Nelson kind of yelling all of a sudden, like 10 minutes in and Lucas's leg is soaked with urine having <laughs> whiz this film down his leg. Right. Uh, and uh, Mike, Kevin's like, geez, Mike. And Mike's like, it's terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Um, but the one I love the most of this is going to queue up kind of my first question on this uh, to, mm. to put to you is uh, also like Kevin's Kevin Murphy somewhere towards the end of the film is thinking, all I can think about is that poor guy who showed up to this wearing his full on stormtrooper cosplay. Right. Sitting there in the theater thinking, I know this is bad, but it's got to get better, right? It's got to right. get better. <laughs> uh, and it doesn't get any better. And, um, and it, Mike's like, it's him that my heart goes out to. But I'm like, no, seriously. I mean, I'm sure you remember. Yeah. That's my question to you. So you were like, what, 22? 23 yeah. when this came out? Yeah, I 22. Was thinking, I was a junior in high right. school, I think. So I was like 17. So right. this, this was, was a 99. Huge... So yeah. Yeah. I would have been 21 going on 22. Yeah. This was huge. Right. Uh, you can't. You, huge you can't... cultural moment. Yeah. Huge, huge, huge. They're like, hey, we're making another Star Wars after all this time. And right. uh, people were like camping out to get tickets. It, it was a nationwide craze. Um, and uh, And so when you were 22, like what happened like when you saw this movie like what was your reaction to it like what happened when you did that like as a, uh, an audience member well i didn't dress up for this one okay um, yeah. I, I did dress me and some friends dressed up as like sith lords for the uh re-release of uh a new hope uh, okay 
we went opening night and did that. Um, that was a pretty dorky thing to do, but you know, hey, sure. whatever. Hey. We're all yeah. about honesty here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I had actually convinced myself that I liked the film, like at first, because okay. I, I my brain just couldn't like get a, get around the fact that like this was just a, an awful film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So, how about you? Uh, I mean, I remember um, I reviewed this film for the school paper, um, right. and I remember that, and I gave it a two and a half stars, mm-hmm. and I remember opening it with, "Now hear me out." Um, out of five, or out of five. Okay. Uh, and I opened the review saying with the words, now hear me out. Uh, right. And it went around school and there were people that were really mad at me. Um, right. And um, but I remember specifically the reason why I remember the opening of the review is because a couple teachers thought it was very clever. Right. Uh, and they took me aside. and were like, I love, by the way, that you started it with now hear me out because, right. um, you know, uh, you knew you were walking into trouble. And I went, yeah, yeah. I mean, I knew people were going to love it just because it was Star Wars. And it was that right. was accurate. I went in, yeah, there yeah. were people. I think a friend of mine, the first thing I walked in to school, he's like, two and a half stars? What right. the hell? And I'm like, you know, he's like, how? And I'm like, it's not good. It's not yeah. a good movie. And they didn't, you know, and even uh, even my 17-year-old self knew, and we'll talk obviously. And two about, and a half out of five is a pretty, pretty good review. That's actually that. higher than I would give it now. Yeah, right, right. I would probably say a two stars. Uh, right. Probably saying like this is adequate as a film overall. Yeah. Um, it's a terrible Star Wars film. Uh, and there's definitely things about the film that just don't work anyway, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But right. uh, I think it's still, you know, it's it's too competent to be yeah. like a complete disaster. Like, you know, at least everybody, there's a lot of people here who know what they're doing. Right. Um, that ultimately you can't, you can't say this is like, you know, amateurish dreck. You know, you can't say right. that this is necessarily poorly done. Um, yeah. It's doing what it wants to do, but what it wants to do is terrible idea after terrible idea, but right. they're doing it well. I mean, like, yeah. they're like, you know, we've got, I mean, this is, uh, and again, you can't uh, in the name of like positivity in, in general, mm-hmm. like um, the, uh the cgi of this film was massive like it was right. it was had never been seen before you know this was this no. was state of the art stuff this was next level it yeah. looks a little shitty now but right. um comparatively to what we're doing with uh, especially you know, like in 4k like yeah yeah um and if i think if, if i was still watching this on vhs i think like the cgi would look as dated as it does i think yeah. it'd hold up yeah but yeah, the more better. high def, the more high def you go, the less, the more and more right. this looks, this looks crummy. But yeah, yeah, then you've got, you know, uh, you know, a couple few years later, James Cameron's gonna blow this out of the water with right. Avatar, and then uh, once that happens, it's sort of like, yeah, this is never gonna work the way it right. used to. Um, but uh, uh, it's a, although I wouldn't necessarily say this is a good looking movie. Um, mm. it's it's got too much. I, I can't believe I'm saying it. it's it's too much color. It's way right. too busy um it's it's just assaults your eyes at nonstop with yeah uh, especially the third of, act third yeah act is just ones and zeros running around yeah. on screen yeah right. um you know and uh and, and you're let you're absolutely right and it's a great point to talk about you know watching this in high def uh because you're also seeing the actors board expressions right. uh as they're communicating the tennis balls uh particularly liam neeson 
yeah. no one I can notice more in in high def how unimpressed he is. Uh, right. Particularly in the scenes with Watto, he's just he's mm-hmm. not even really looking at Watto. He's looking at the tennis ball. Right. Um, you know, it's clear that he's just like, you know, whatever. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's and that's the fun, the best part about the whole prequel trilogy. And we'll try to keep this conversation. First of all, we're going to get positive, guys. Right. We're not going. We're not here to talk about um, to ne- necessarily tear this film down. And be like, you know, because we're not those assholes. We're not cinema sins. We're not. Uh, yeah, go God, to red letter media. We could do Mr. Plankett all day. You know. Yeah, you we're not. Uh, yeah, we're not. Um, and God, God, we're not those Star Wars fans. Like right. you know, we're not that. Um, I think we're both on Team Ryan Johnson on that mm-hmm. on that point. You know, we're we're yeah. good Star Wars fans. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you can definitely tell that the most fascinating thing about watching the prequels is watching what doesn't work, and I think right. that's. Uh, if there's a thesis statement that I I want to project into this episode is that right. um, that there is a, a fascinating level of failure happening to the point that right. it almost becomes fun to watch if you're watching it from and that it's, perspective. It's such a weird film. Like, yes, it's just yes. It's, it's I mean, this was 1999. Um, you know, independently, you know, produced. And, and and created by you mm-hmm. know by Lucas basically by one you know one guy yes um yeah which is something that even in 1999 didn't really happen with blockbuster movies i mean there's no. you know committees made made the movies even then mm-hmm. um but um totally like this movie's all over the goddamn map yeah and um i mean just the <laughs> If you really sit, sit and think about like how strange it is that like you know you bounce ping pong back and forth between political trade negotiations mm. and a cartoon for six year olds, yes, like how yeah. how strange is that as a concept? That's just yeah, and not even a good to, not right. even a good cartoon for a six year old. It's it's a condescending cartoon for a right. six year old. Um, which is another thing that's fascinating to watch. It'd be like, this is just an old man who doesn't, isn't out of touch. Right. Like he's completely out of touch. The humor in this is just drops dead. Right. Um, and it, I mean, literally unironically, you have a child character yelling yippee. Right. I mean, seriously, like, <laughs> yeah, if you, yeah. I mean, you have to, I mean, you have to see this to believe it. And I'm assuming everybody right. who's listening to this has seen it. But if you haven't, go check it out because it really is the strangest, one of the strangest things you'll ever see from a major yeah, it's, studio. It's a weird, it's a weird, weird, weird movie. Yeah. And that's why, I mean, I do think it's probably, I, well, maybe I, maybe that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's not the worst Star Wars movie. Maybe I will agree with you and say Attack of the Clones. Right. Uh, because. Now that you mentioned that, yeah, actually, it's that's I mean, more, that's I, that's endearing me to it actually more right. that we're talking about it. This like, movie actually, this is weird. This movie is like the least made for me of all the all the movies, yes. up to maybe Rise of Skywalker, which you know well, that's a whole other conversation. That's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other bag of bad movie ideas uh, yeah. thrown together. Um, but um, like because this is you know a kids' movie for the most part, like it wasn't made for me when I was you know. Mm. 21 and that's fine yeah um, but you know i i think still i think you know it got worse from there mm-hmm. yeah um but this yeah. is the one that i identify the least with 
Okay. Yeah. No, I, I think yeah. I follow you on that. And I, and I, yeah, I think I agree. I mean, I think it's definitely, if you watch the film, it's sort of like, you know, when you were older, you are realizing like, this is something that's geared entirely to someone younger. Right. Um, although as you pointed out, that makes it even weirder because there is like Senate intrigue. Right. Um, that's uh, kind of difficult to follow anyway, because right. it's a little muddy, but I feel like a, a five-year-old probably isn't catching most of this of what's no, happening, no. which is, you know, there is actually in here, there is this sort of complicated plan of, of uh, Chancellor Palpatine, <laughs> you know, you know, pulling strings to get himself into a position <laughs> that he's going to get into in the third film. Right. Um, you know, that um, there's all this thing, all these moving parts happening where he's positioning, you know, uh, Terrence Stamp is in this movie, major actor, playing uh, Chancellor Valorum. And it's actually a pretty crucial role, but you wouldn't know that from watching the movie. Right. Because he's actually the good guy and he's actually taking the fall in this picture. But they yeah. don't talk about that, even though no. it's Terrence Stamp right. standing there. Um, it's the it's insane. Um, and it, that's what I mean is that that's I think you hit the nail on the head, which like that is the weirdest aspect of it is there's actually this really uh, kind of intricate mm -hmm. story about political maneuvering. Right. In this cartoon for five year olds. And um and the, he's way more, Lucas is way more interested in the cartoon for five-year-olds. Mm, right. Um, uh, so to the point where I'm like, why put it in? Um, yeah. You know, it's, uh, and in fact, uh, for once, I might even say, I, I, I'm in agreement for, uh, for with a statement that I would normally never agree with, but I want to make it clear. I'm not, I'm in an agreement for an entirely different reason, but this might be the time, mm. one time where something shouldn't have been political. Right. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll get into that because I kind of have this whole manifesto about how this movie should have gone mm -hmm. um, to make it work. Um, but the uh, one of the crucial problems, I think, with the prequel trilogy in general is the Jedi Council being a political force. Right. And Lucas is making certain statements. Uh, it's more noticeable in later films where he's definitely mm -hmm. talking about a post 9-11 Right. You know, by the time he gets there, he's talking about, uh, you know, we're we're talking about the uh, Bush, uh, W. Bush, George W. Bush administration right. a little bit, you know, mm. by the end of this. Uh, the third film has the line of Natalie Portman, probably one of the, the best lines George Lucas may have ever written in his career mm. of. And this is how liberty dies to thunderous applause. Right. Um, and it's it's very post 9-11. But um, right. Lucas is clearly which is, of course, like this has been proven james cameron and george lucas did an interview series talking to each other where james cameron's like so were you talking about politics and george lucas, yes of right. course i was right, uh, right so the star wars nerds who want to be like you made it political be like star wars has always been political. always fun yeah um but maybe it didn't need political intrigue you know right. um to me i and i think it's probably the most disappointing thing for it to me is that i was like i wanted to see the jedi being badass jedi right um and but I wanted them to be weird and mysterious and yeah. magical, and, and here they're just kind of corny, you know. Yeah, and they sit around in a room and talk about right. politics, and um, it's one of the things I, I was just like, why are there no like, why is it like a boardroom 
on a major on a major system where it should be like shouldn't it be this old decaying castle right old temple like give me a temple yeah. uh but they're like jedi temple but it's actually like ultra modern art like art deco and i'm like it couldn't be like a cool old like crumbling right you know it should it should look like the mummy you know like not like you know what i mean yeah you know, yeah i want or- or you know the like the room they're in should look like like a dojo or something like yeah you know, where they're just, yeah like, either you know, they're yeah. sitting on the floor meditating and you know yeah espousing wisdom like yeah either you go either you go martial arts or you go religion right. yeah but George Lucas went no political right uh, we're gonna have a group of the Jedi are gonna sit to talk around talk about what's going on with the which, Senate which I think in the hands of a better writer like is is a really interesting idea because you know. The, the ultimate downfall of the Jedi is right. because they became this political arm. Right. Yeah. But Instead we never of, saw them not being that. So right. it's not right. And, yeah. and we never really get shown clearly, you know, that they're doing that or, you know, what, what the stakes of it are or anything like that, especially in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they just show up really for no reason. They um, don't do much in this movie. Yeah. They just, yeah. they just, go well this nine-year-old is too old to train yeah which is which is weird in another space because you're talking about like child soldiers and stuff like that at this point um yeah which is not what lucas was going for obviously no um but you know they just show up to go well we we're not going to train train this kid and then oh wait no we'll train this kid yeah quite guys like well i'm going to train him anyway so right which of course flies in the face of what Obi Wan Kenobi said in the first movie in the first place, but right, um, which is of course another problem. But right, um, although I've traced back all of Star Wars woes and I've figured mm-hmm. out where it all began, and mm-hmm. it's it's not one I said not, not going to be a popular opinion, but the point of no return in terms of this franchise tracking in any way, right. shape, or form is Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. Right, it's literally the point where you go wait a minute that doesn't actually make any sense and to the point where they literally have obi-wan kenobi at the beginning of return of the jedi going well well from a certain point of view yeah i made shit up um right you know it's uh i lied to you for a while and yeah uh and yes it's supposed to look like i did that on purpose but in reality it was they just hadn't written it yet um and um and that's fine if you want to play fast and loose go ahead but um at that point you probably shouldn't you should know better as a creator that i think you know people are going to start scrutinizing and trying to track it right that it suddenly becomes a problem to be like look you had one job you know mm-hmm. that obi-wan kenobi takes it upon himself to train anakin skywalker right. uh not qui-gon qui-gon wanted to do it obi-wan didn't want to do it and then qui-gon died and obi-wan goes i guess i'm into this now right. um you know and i'm not even sure i want to um yeah. you know it's um it's this it's a mistake um mm-hmm. and in my opinion anakin's too young in this movie too right but, i i think their original idea like of him being older like you know i think i want to say he was supposed to be either like 12 or 14 originally yeah and you know a little older like little you know a little closer to teenager um yeah even you know, make him like sixteen or seventeen. That's you know, my you know, that's my pitch. Right. I would have made him like yeah. sixteen. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, go ahead. No, yeah. okay. Um, well, first of all, did you want to do um, vitals? 
Oh God! Yeah, we have people we need to we that we should probably mention or yes, involved yes, in this we thing. Um, just to not be dicks about it and <laughs> not give people credit. We like to make sure we're giving right. names out. This, so this, of course, was uh, written and directed by George Lucas. Um, music by John Williams, of course. Um, doing excellent work here. Agreed. Some of it's uh, a couple of tracks are amongst his best. I think. Um, also agreed, but yeah, right. Yeah. Um, as far as cast, we've got uh, Ewan McGregor, Liam Neeson, Natalie Portman, Jake Lloyd, Ian McDiarmid, Vanilla uh, August, uh, Ahmed Best, Anthony Daniels, Kenny Baker, Frank Oz, Aaron Stamp, Brian Blessed. Or is it Blessed or Blessed? I never. I think it's Blessed. Yeah. No. Um, and Ray Park is uh, Darth Maul and uh, and. Andy Sacombe is Watto. Yep. And then there's um, Kira Knightley. Right. Yeah. Kira Knightley. Is... She's in this movie before right. anybody had heard of her. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. In Attack of the Clones, Rose Byrne is in it. Right. And it's really kind of fun to watch it now and be like, oh, she's actually kind of a big star now. But she had like three lines in Attack of the Clones. But, right. Right. Um, but yeah, it's um, obviously it's a great cast. um and uh the cast members that have taken shit for it probably have taken too much shit for it um especially like ahmed best and jake lloyd yeah yeah ahmed ahmed best and jake lloyd had their their lives their lives were ruined yeah right um my bad star wars fans exactly like jake lloyd has talked about many times while he's been in therapy he's now like you know in his 30s and he's still in therapy for what should have been the greatest experience of his life right you know starring in star wars as yeah. a, as it's hard enough to be a child actor, you know, to begin with. Agreed. To have, you know, the entirety of fandom, like you know, rip you to shreds. You know, yeah. Just, just for, for years, for, for years, decades, decades. Yeah. Even uh, now, yeah. I mean, yeah. And uh, I'm at best had had a really you know heartfelt like, I don't know if it was a blog post or whatever, you know, talking like last year or the year before, talking about you know how much it affected him, you know. Uh, I believe he yeah, had a he had a complete breakdown. Yeah, like, he was hospitalized. Yeah, he, he was suicidal. Uh, yeah. you know, for a while. And, yeah, you know, it's, yeah, uh, not cool. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I wanted to make that disclaimer at the beginning. It's like you know we don't want to just sit here and tear this thing down. Right. We're, uh, because we're not that we're not those fans. Um, right. Honestly, I mean, uh, Jake Lloyd for a child actor is not bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's and, it's it's hard to give anybody a decent rating on this because no. I feel like they're all giving what it performances. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. I, I know we're supposed to be, you know, positive, but I mean, I don't think any of the performances in this really. No, nothing really stand out, out much. I, I mean, rape, rape part. It's easy to play the bad guys. Because yeah. they're the ones that get all the cool shit to do. You know, yeah. Ray Park is cool. Ian McDermott is is having, you know, having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, as far as as, far as like you know, the majority of the cast, like they come off as you know, well, wouldn't I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, what else, no, they really it. do. I mean, like right. um, ultimately, uh, I when I watched the Obi Wan series, which I also didn't like, uh, and mm-hmm. I felt I made this statement myself, and I still feel like it's accurate. I think I may have made it on social media, but I think I, mean, I don't think I did because I was afraid of people yelling at me because people really right. loved Obi Wan, but I couldn't, I didn't like yeah. it at all. And I was going to say, it. it was, it was all right. You well, know? the thing is, I think that was like this is like the prequel trilogy. The only one getting out of this with any dignity is uh, Ewan McGregor, 
Right. Um, you know, and Ewan McGregor, if taking the prequel series as a whole, uh, Ewan mm. McGregor was probably the only guy who can probably say, I did an okay job in that. Right. You know, um, and uh, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe Samuel L. Jackson, right. but he didn't exactly have a lot to do. Right. Uh, you know, all he had to do was basically play Samuel L. Jackson for, uh, for three movies. And he did that well. Right. I mean, yeah, you yeah. Know, let's say, I mean, Mace Windu, there is, there is definitely something intriguing about Mace Windu because he's Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, he's the one with all the fan theories. I mean, there's still, there are people right. online that tell you that he's still alive. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, even though he gets thrown out of a, you know, thousand-story window with force right. lightning, I mean, he's and his arm was cut off. Like he's clearly yeah, dead. Yeah. But they still tell you, oh, maybe he survived, and right. uh, he's gonna pop up in something. You know, in and I'm like, I doubt it. Um, right. He's pretty dead. But um, I think if he is gonna pop up in something, it'll be like in Obi Wan, where like he pops up in like a force flashback. Ghost. Yeah, or, or, or yeah, or or a flashback. flashback. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean the character had stuff to do in the Clone Wars, right? I mean they did stuff with Mace Windu yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Clone Wars cartoon had a lot of him in it. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, and for good reason. I mean he's an intriguing character, right? Um, but, uh, but yeah, in this he's he's I think he has one scene, maybe two, right? Um, and it's talking to a puppet, and, right? Uh, and I think he's into it. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. we've all read the stories or heard the stories of Samuel Jackson, how how into this Samuel Jackson was. Right, right. Um, you know, maybe more than anybody else, where he, you know, tells the famous story now of not exactly knowing what he's coming in to read for. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he takes the part. He comes, they came in and give him robes. And he's like, oh, you know, oh, motherfucker, my Jedi. Right. And they're like, yeah, what, you know, and then they bring out which color lightsaber do you want? And he's like, right. purple. <laughs> this is the greatest day of my life. Right. Um. You know, I'm so in whatever you guys want me to do. Um, but yeah, apparently this thing was made very secretively. Yeah. Uh nobody knew nobody was coming who came in to read for it, knew they were coming in for Star Wars, apparently. Right. Um, then they found out they just knew it was like George Lucas's project. Right. And they were like, I mean, Okay. Even before that, they they've been working on this thing since like ninety four. Yeah. And I was a huge Star Wars fan growing up. Like you know, I still am a Star Wars. I still like Star Wars. Um, right. I've I've learned to let it go. Like when you know, when it's not for me, or when it when I don't like something for Star Wars because I'm right. an adult. Um, but right. um, I've got other <laughs> shit going on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I was huge into Star Wars, and like you know, we never heard anything about this like up until they made you know the official announcements. I mean, so they kept no. it you know really close to their vests. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I do remember, yeah, reading about it, like it was, uh, you know, the film, I think, was already in the can before anybody heard who was in it. Like, you know, it was, then it was hitting the magazines and being like, meet the cast of Star Wars. There's actually a Star Wars movie, guys. Uh, And everybody, you know, rejoiced. And then they came and saw the film and there was less rejoicing going on. But, um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, the problem here isn't the actors, though. I think that's no. really the point. This is all, this is, like you said, this is basically an independent production. All one guy ostensibly right. making all the calls here. Um, and that man is George Lucas. Right. And so all of this rests on him, not Jake. And, I, and you know, let's, let's, let's also say that, you know, George Lucas took a lot of shit too. Uh, he did. A lot more than he deserved for, you know, making this movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, probably maybe more than you deserved. I don't know. Right. Uh, this movie. Well, I mean, racist. there's people. Yeah, yeah, but there's people who like you know wished him death. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, literally, you know, I'm literally sure like you death threats. You know, like yeah. yeah, there's there's never any comfort. Yeah, this this movie's pretty racist. This movie's pretty racist. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest about that. Right. Um, and I remember even as a, uh, I think I put that in the review I wrote at 17, where right. I was like, wait, um, Jar Jar Binks is, you know, Michael, Mike Nelson uh, makes the reference mm-hmm. to me that this is the most embarrassing character since Step and Fetch It. Right. Uh, you know, this is, uh, you know, old school darky character, Jar Jar right. Binks. Like, Feats do your stuff, kind of like, Jar, you know, kind yeah. of. Shame. I mean, even before racist. that, they got the Nemoidians and they're like, you know, these <laughs> oh, racist oh, you know, stereotypes, right? Gamera, Gamera's friend of children. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, they can't pronounce the, the R. Or, know, I'm laughing, I'm laughing because how, how insane it is, not yes. because I think that it's funny. It's funny. They, right. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> not funny at all. It's yeah. it's just and that's the thing. If you went to list riff tracks too, Mike Nelson and Kevin Murphy are kind of laughing uncomfortably at right. it. They're like, oh shit. Um this is and they they were making going along with it and making their own references as a way of pointing out how racist it was. Like, right. of course, you get the soup with the buffet. Like, <laughs> it's uh, you know, they are. It's the worst. Some of the worst. And then Watto is right. Uh, yeah. you know, Italian, right? And not like Tony Soprano Italian, like you know, schlubby pizza parlor, uh, right. broad broad stereotype uh, Italian, um. Uh, it's it's pretty hard to watch now. Right. I think in some of these cases, um, it's uh, you know Jar Jar Binks in particular is very difficult to to deal with, and I think that's I partially I think that's the reason why the character was so maligned. I just don't think anybody understood that was why. Right. Um, I feel like people knew uh, there were people who probably were telling themselves it wasn't racist, but they knew it was racist. So that's why there was this. Rick rejection right. of him. Um, also, I think he's just painfully unfunny. Oh, uh, you know, so it's yeah. yeah, it's the least funny character possibly ever. Like, um, and there's some there's some bad comic relief characters in in genre fiction, but Jar Jar right. Binks has got to be the worst. And there's some bad comic relief in this film. And, yes, you know, this is this is the worst of it. You know, yeah, it's it's pretty shameful. Um. And again, it's not Ahmed Best's fault. He was right. doing what he was told. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's uh it's uh it's all this is apparently Lucas thought this was funny, I guess. And it was just right. uh, you know, it's uh one of many bad decisions that happened. But do you think it's the, that's the worst decision he made in this movie? Do you think Jar Jar Binks was the worst thing? Like Yeah. You think so? I I, I would aside from like taking two wildly disparate story ideas and throwing them together with no way of making them work. Like we talked about with the, it being a cartoon and a political drama at the same time. Right. Um, Cause that's, that's more of a structural fundamental problem. But like, like I think that this is probably the worst thing about it. I mean, I'm only hesitant to say that it is because the pod race happens. Um, well, the pod race is, you know, 15 minutes of yeah. know, visual effects. I mean, 15 minutes, right? God. So long. It's so long. Um, yeah. And it's not edited down at all. It's just the oh. whole damn race. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's so long. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I think 
I honestly, I, I'm uh, okay. And then the third thing mm-hmm. is the virgin birth. Uh, right. That, so I'm like those three things. To me, I'm like, wow, these are the worst decisions you could possibly have made. I'm not sure which one is actually the worst, but well, I'm I mean, willing... when one of them is, when one of them is racist, I feel like let's just go with that. Yeah, you, I think you're probably right. Yeah, right. just that alone means yeah. it probably is. But I'm talking about like structurally in the film. I I almost right. feel like the other things are worse. But Jar Jar is the most yeah. offensive. But like it's, but um, fifteen well, minutes of pod racing. Structurally, I mean, if you want to talk structurally, yeah, pod yeah. racing is a pretty pretty bad thing because yeah. without the pod race and you know the the parts adjacent to the pod race, like them, you know, bartering over, you know, what anybody would get if they win and yeah. everything else, and yeah. Him talking about the pod racer, you know, it's, it's really like forty minutes, forty five minutes, all told of, yeah. of storytelling, it's because they didn't have enough. Stuff. They didn't have enough plot to to fill out the movie. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. There's very little story in this movie, right? Um, there's very little going on, um, uh, to the point I think that they make that point in Rift Tracks as well. They're like, you know, and and what is the story up to this point, Kevin? I have no idea. I'll get back to you in a couple of hours. <laughs> You know, uh, you know, well, we don't have a story. Enjoy some halfway decent computer effects. Um, right. you know, it's um yeah, what is the story of this movie really? It's okay, the Jedi are brought in to negotiate the trade dispute because the Trade Federation are it's going blockading to blockade Naboo blockading Naboo right. to make money. Right. Because um, the taxes are too high. Because the taxes are too high, which is this right. this five year olds are following this. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, it's basically it's actually way too thought out. Right. Um, where it could have just been bad guys doing bad guy things, but instead it's right. like, well, no. Here's the actual intricate nature of why it's what's happening and why it's happening. Uh, the trade Federation then try to kill the Jedi. They escape. Right. They end up on Naboo. Meet Jar Jar Binks. Talk to Jar Jar Binks's people. Uh, stuff happens. They leave. Right. Um, they get to the main city of Naboo to rescue Queen Amidala. Right. Uh, they take off with her. The ship is damaged in the attempt to escape the blockade. They end up on Tatooine, meet little orphan Annie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not actually an orphan, but right. Um, but and, and, and Anakin is uh, unusually powerful with the Force to the point that he's actually literally Jedi Jesus. Right. Uh, they then uh leave Nebu, go back to Coruscant. Well, first of all, there's 20 minutes of pod racing. Then they leave Coruscant. Uh, then they leave for Coruscant. And then the Jedi don't want to train Anakin. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to Nabu because the Trade right. Federation are going to attack Nabu full on. Right. And that, so why not throw the princess right in the middle of all that? You know? Right. And then there's a big battle and Naboo wins. Right. And that's the movie. Um, but in the meantime, like Chancellor Valorum, well, you forgot about the glowing orb. You know, they hold there is the a, there orb. is a glowing orb. That's a pretty yeah. big point. But no, then there's Chancellor Valorum <laughs> getting outed uh ousted right. from his position, uh the vote of no confidence because he's unable to control the trade federation. Right. Which was Palpatine's evil plan all along. Um, you wouldn't know that until movie three, ostensibly. Right. But um, and it's not very clear that that's what's happening. Um, all we just see is kind of a confused Terrence Stamp. 
uh, right. kind of being like, hi, I'm Terrence Stamp and I'm confused. And um, that's basically the movie. And this thing yeah. is like four hours long. Um, right. It's it's actually just over two hours. But yeah, I think it's like um, two, two hours, 17 minutes. Or something. Yeah, something, something out of right. Yeah. Um, that's Marvel movie short. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So like, yeah, man, it was the quite a was coming out and we were like, oh, wow, it's only two hours. Um, right. it's, it's still half an hour longer than the average film, but it's, it's only two hours. Um, and it was still, it might be the shortest Star Wars movie too, come to think of it. But, um, I'm not sure right. if that's actually true though. I don't know. I couldn't tell Yeah. You. I can't remember. I, I think right. A New Hope was pretty tight back yeah. in the day, back in 77. So I think that was only like, you know, I think that was a tight, right. Like, uh hour and 50 minutes but um but yeah so yeah i mean that's sort of the story we've got um right. and like you said so the only way to kind of get around the fact that you have no story is to have characters yeah set pieces where the characters hang out for a while doing nothing of particular right. interest uh even the naboo stuff like talking to the gungans right. uh is way too long I was thinking um, when I was watching it this time, like uh, everybody in the movie like hates Jar Jar. Yeah, which that might that might be part of the reason why everybody outside the movie hated Jar Jar too. Let's yeah. you know, that 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 fed into that decision to mm-hmm. everybody to pile on Jar Jar Jar. Um, but if everybody in the movie hates Jar Jar, like why did they bring him along? Why are they continuing to bring him? Yeah, right. Yeah. Like you know, I get when you know they they take him out of uh the gungan city like saying that he's you know he's oh he's got a life dead he's gonna come with us and be our like you know guide um but like you'd think like once they got to dry land again they would just be like all right well thanks see you Good later luck, buddy yeah best, best of luck to you yeah right. uh yeah you'd think so um i think the only one that ever treats him nice is padme right um but padme treats everybody nice treats padme kind of treats everybody nice uh uh, including apparently uh falling in love with an eight-year-old but um right now she doesn't fall in love with him until he's till later so yeah yeah i know but still um it's really trying to keep this i'm trying to keep the sequels out of this yeah well Um, yeah okay well it's the weird it's, it's very fucking weird it's very weird to and watch. Not in a good way, yeah, Anakin's yeah. like, "Are you an angel?" And he's right. like, "Am I an angel?" And I'm like, "We're gonna bone next movie." Like, it's, <laughs> right? You know, it's yeesh. Um, yeah. Really, George? Like, right? That's what I mean. Is if you made him 16 and she was, you know, you know, 20, right? Then it could be. And this is what my my what my movie would have ended with. Would her have been like, maybe give me a call in a couple of years. Right. You know, like you could end up being uh the you could end up being the kind of man I'd be into. Um right, right. You know, and it's would be more flirty and that, you know, maybe someday when you're older. And right. then it would you would be way less weird when yeah, like make them make them the same age. Like <laughs> Well, I mean, or make her, you know, even if she's only a couple years older. Right. And then she can kind of say, like, maybe when you're you're older maybe when you right. grow up you know in a couple years right. you know maybe this could be something but right now well, that, could, that could come off as real real weird still too i i i know yeah. but i think you could handle it i think you yeah. could handle it in a way that would make they would still be foreshadowing it but right. like you know it would definitely be, better than like a nine-year-old and a, i don't know yeah. how old she's supposed to be in this like 16 15 yeah you know. yeah 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 at least um right. if not older 
Um, right. but yeah, it's very weird. Um, but, um, almost to the point of like, why did you introduce her in this movie when right. you could have introduced her next movie? But I feel the um, same way about Palpatine, but you know, for, true. Yeah. I mean, you could, yeah. you could have just had him be the chancellor the whole time. It wouldn't have made it. Would have made a look difference. difference. Yeah. Right. Other than him, like telling, you know, other than him having his moment of like, you know, you Darth Maul, go to right. Tatooine and do stuff. Um, well, let's talk about Darth Maul because I mean he's having fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, no, I was I, gonna say it's about it's probably about time we switch to some good stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, but yeah, Darth Maul is probably one of the good things about this movie. Yeah. Um, Ray Park, obviously. Uh, I don't think we had seen him yet, really. Uh, in mainstream film. No, the yeah. only other I think thing I remember seeing him in was uh, X Men. You know, and that right? was the next year, right? Was it? Uh, yeah, X Men was two thousand. Oh, I okay. Think. I think so. Anyway, I might have to look that up now that I say that. But, um, but I'm pretty sure X Men was uh was made after this. Um, but yeah, it's um. Oh, you're I right. Think, yeah. But anyway, I think this is um. This is the first time we'd really seen him in anything. Right. Yeah, X-Men was 2000, so yep. it would have been after this. Um, and um, actually probably would have been a couple years after this based on when it was shot. Right. Um, but the um, but yeah, he's great. Um, he's he's, uh, he's, he's got the right looking. amount of menace, like, yeah. you know, outside of his tattoo art, you know, face. Yeah. Um, like, not even putting that aside, he's like, he's a menacing character, you know, it's, mm -hmm. Um, he plays a brilliant bad guy in this. Brings yeah. a lot of physicality to the role, and you know, looks like you know a bruiser. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is nobody. That's remember the thing that most people liked about the movie. That was always if any, if anybody was gonna talk enthusiastically right. about this film was, but yeah, but the lightsaber battle, right? And that's the thing is that it what what it's in this movie's innovation was was dynamic. Mm. lightsaber fights right um you know in the original trilogy they were more like old school knights you know yeah. double-handed swinging kind of thing right. um you know uh, obviously obi uh, obviously darth vader and luke had some slightly more uh right. enhanced battles but not much um no, so no. but this one was like well we're gonna have a guy who can do backflips and shit and that's gonna be you know right really interesting looking and you have a two-on-one fight, and it's really well choreographed, and you got John Williams' brilliant Duel of Fates theme, yeah. one of the best things he's ever written. Right. Um, just an exceptional piece of music. Right. Um, you know, yeah, putting aside, like, his iconic, you know, like, title tracks for, like, you know, Star Wars or Indiana yeah. Jones, you know, like, like I think this is, like, his best piece, like. I think I agree. Yeah. 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 If you don't, if you don't account the, the main, like, anthems. Yeah, right, yeah, like you know the the main themes, uh, then yeah, it's probably his best work. But uh, I, think, I, I think even you know, it's my favorite work outside of the anthems. But like, I think it might even actually beat the anthems up if you're just taking them as as tracks on their own. Yeah, it's a pretty complicated track. Yeah, he's got the right. he does have the uh, choir singing right. on that one too. But yeah, I mean, but my point is that that lightsaber fight and that music. No matter what your feelings are in the film up until that point, it's kind of awesome all of a sudden. Right. Like, and it really is kind of awesome all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, it's um it's super cool. Um, and right. then it's it's 
it's all you get with this movie, I think. But right. You have to sit through a while of this film to get to this really cool two-on-one lightsaber duel. Right. Uh, we get an actual, we get a death, you know, Qui-Gon dies, yeah. um, you know, and we don't see that very often. No. Um, not within individuals. Um, although when I watched the whole, like, Star Wars series with Rift Tracks, I, I think one of them later on, Kevin Murphy points out, like, Star Wars is weird. At one point, it's like cute talking robots, and then it's just like planetary Armageddon, right? Uh, you know, then you realize that how what the death count of this series really is. It's massive. It's millions of people are dead, right? Um, you know, between the Death Star and Star Killer Base and the sequel trilogy, right? I mean, entire planets destroyed with people yeah. on them. Um, but but we don't get a lot of one on one dead characters so Qui-Gon no. dying is also kind of you take is kind of like oh wow I didn't see that coming right. you know it's got a nice parallel to you know the death of Obi-Wan and you know the original Star Wars too it's you know yeah the guy who believed you know right. yeah you know believes in the main character and he has to die to propel right. that character forward um even though we think about it, Anakin had known him for like five minutes so it's a little right. weird for Anakin to take his death particularly difficult in a, in a hard manner right um but um also he's like nine so what's he know about death anyway but um you know mm-hmm. it's uh it's, well, it's also it's also a motivating factor for probably one you know yeah right because you know he was a father figure to two characters in this movie you know so yeah yeah it's kind of like batman dying and nightwing taking over being like damian wayne's father right yeah, you know um but not anywhere near as cool um right but um but yeah it's um it's a really cool fight scene it's a really cool mm-hmm. death it um it's uh it's a really cool piece of music it's a great scene yeah um no notes <laughs> yeah no notes really yeah it's yeah. Just, it's an excellent it's an excellent piece of um of action filmmaking um right. if only the rest of the film had been that uh energetic that energetic yeah yeah because there is a there's a certain level of lethargy, I think, to this film. Um right. that's really easy to just sort of like zone out during mm-hmm. a lot during large pieces of this movie, which is also not helping the intricate political subplot. Um right. because you're not paying attention anymore. You just be like, okay, there's a racist caricature, there's an action right. sequence, there's some air, there's some spaceships. Uh, you know, we've seen all this before. Oh, yeah. wait, there's a really cool lightsaber fight. And then, mm-hmm. you know, uh, racist characters hold aloft a ball. Right. Uh, apparently it's life day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what else is positive about this film? Um, I think the, I, I do think the political subplot is actually relatively interesting if you're mm-hmm. paying attention. Right. Um, I think it's some pretty clever writing. Um you know, it's it's showing an attention to detail that I wish again had been repeated throughout the film. Right. Um, you know, there's actually a screenplay in here that makes sense. It's sort of like Batman versus Superman. It's like there's some interesting right. ideas in the screenplay. Man, you haven't been able to pull it all together. Yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, and that's when you have a bad movie. Is then you have like you know here's right. some really really interesting ideas. But you yeah. have no idea how to string this all together in any way that makes sense. Right. Um, so what you have is a dizzying array of cartoon characters with this actually really clever political subplot in the middle right. of it. So 
what do you think is positive about this film? What what do you like about Phantom Menace? Um, well, we already mentioned the lightsaber duel, so there's that. <laughs> um, yeah, I I I liked the experience of going to see it, and I liked the uh, excitement I had. You know, I guess it's not necessarily the film itself, but the excitement I had leading up to it, like, was just like, sure, it was like a hundred Christmases rolled up into one. You know, waiting for this thing to come out. Yeah, sitting in the theater, you know, and getting to hear the iconic Star Wars theme, you know, start playing. Like, you yeah, know. yeah. It never, I, it never. I don't it, think I cried, but I, I was like, ah, oh, you know. It always, you know? it oh, it always works. I mean, mm-hmm. even, even, uh, even with Rise of Skywalker, I remember right. sitting in that theater going, I know this is probably not going to go very well, but right. that Star Wars theme kicks into gear, and I'm just yeah, like, you're you just know, amped for it. I'm ready. Yeah, let's do it. Right. You know, it's. Uh, it never fails. Right. Um, I liked the couple of slow moments they had on Tatooine where like, you know, we get to see Anakin with his mother and, mm-hmm. you know, living in his family life and, you know, building, even though it makes no damn sense whatsoever, building C-3PO yeah. in the back room of his house. Yeah. Um, I built C-3PO. That's my, one of my favorite robot chicken sketches is uh, right. the, uh, uh, Darth Vader and Luke, Darth Vader's like, I am your father. He's like, that's impossible. And he's right. like, also, I built C-3PO. That's improbable? That's improbable? And then he's like, and then we'll, you know, and then we're all made up of midichlorian. And like, you know what, if you're not taking this seriously, I'm just going right. to leave. You know, right. it's uh, all with Darth Vader just repeating all of the things from the prequel yeah. trilogy. And then Luke Skywalker going, this doesn't make any sense. Right. But, um, um, but yeah, like, I, I think one of the few uh, bits of uh, comic relief that work in this film are seeing C-3PO and R2-D2 together, you know, and the way they banter, even, you know, right off the bat, where he's like, you know, what do you mean I'm naked? Yeah. You know, yeah. my parts are so like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Right. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. It's C-3PO. Um, right. I don't think I do a very good uh, C-3PO. I was going to say uh, that what, one of the things I would add that they get actually works mm-hmm. in this movie is I think Pernilla August as, uh, right. as Shmi, Shmi. Uh, is doing pretty well. Uh, there's a, a world weariness to her that um, right. I think really resonates. However, it still bugs the hell out of me that Qui-Gon's like, I'm not here to free slaves. I'm like, why not? Right. Um, and they, they come close to like, you know, hitting on you know what could be a major beat for for the franchise with you know if they explained you know that oh they have no place you know Mm. doing things about you know these outer rim territories that aren't really part of the galactic federation or whatever the fuck it's called yeah um or something like that like instead of instead of they just kind of sidestep the question of like well why aren't you here to free them? why aren't you here yeah. yeah and like at the end of it he's like i make the bet to get anakin and his mother and like he's like i'm not giving you both and i'm like well, okay okay so you're clearly you're just going to take them both right though quite right, right. you're just going to load them onto the ship and go no yeah uh you're honor bound to not screw over the weird elephant like uh <laughs> right. elephant fly hippo right. creature um who is clearly think wrong about it- I was going to say, if you think about it, you know, Jedi, like, don't, especially, like, in the later films, like, you don't need a whole lot of excuse for Jedi to start cutting off heads. No. And and here they they had every excuse of just saying, well, he had slaves. Yeah. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, we're not talking about necessarily going around and killing them all, but like, you know, right. it's like you can just take her with you. Right. I mean, like, uh, you know, you think that, and again, if even if there were any repercussions that like, like the huts might come after us, and we're like, well, you're Jedi. Right. What are you worried about? You know, yeah, the huts aren't going to mess with you. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, they, they don't seem to want to leave Tatooine anyway. So, I right. mean, it's, so it bugs me every time that I'm like, so our hero here, kind of goes in and says like well i want the boy right um i'll separate him from his mother though that's fine you know it's i was gonna take him off to be a jedi or whatever but he's <laughs> we'll still separate like, him from his mother and then throw shade at him for having separation anxiety from his mother you know yeah 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 qui-gon kind of sucks um right. but yeah it's um it's it's such a and it, it the thing is that he didn't have to and uh and right. that's what i keep coming back around to is i was like there's ways you could have used all the same material and made a good movie right. um but you know you could have nothing but this cast and make a great movie like yeah it, yeah you yeah. just let them let them act yeah. let them do their thing let them do their thing um uh although this is again these these this cast it it gets worse you know right. um the the worst line read in history happens in Attack of the Clones, um, mm. but um, and uh, I know we're not supposed to get into it, but I mean like right. it's it's in there with um, uh, uh, Aiden Christensen and uh, the sand speech. No, no, oh, okay. Uh, it's a random scene. It's a bit where they're talking, and he's like, "Don't worry, we have we'll always have R two with us." And Natalie Portman gives the absolute worst laugh in the really? history of cinema. He goes, <laughs> I, I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, watch it again. You'll notice it. But, you know, and um, it's it's the worst. She, right. like, almost, like, takes a second to take in how bad Aiden Christensen's line read was <laughs> right. and returns an awful, awful laugh. The most contrived, forced. I mean, like, young right. lady, you're not even acting. Um, Speaking of people who get a bad rap, Hayden Christensen, like, like yeah. I've seen him in other no. stuff. He's He's, he's good. Yeah. He's good. He's a good actor. Um, but yeah, he took a lot of shit too that he didn't right. deserve. Still does, you know. Yeah. Uh, he came back to play uh, Darth Vader in Obi Wan, right. and um, there are still people going like, "Oh, he ruined Darth Vader again." Right. And I'm like, "Oh, he actually did pretty well in the yeah. Obi Wan series." Actually, there was something... those were highlights of the of the yeah. series. Were yeah, were his scenes. Well, the thing is, everybody was. That's what I mean. Is everybody was like, "I we're so in love with Obi Wan," and I was like, "Why right. is not that good?" Except for the parts where Darth Vader shows up, right? Um, you know, which are great scenes. Um, or the, but, the little sparring match between him and Obi Wan was pretty great. Too, yeah, right? not bad. Yeah, not bad. Um, which we again we could have used more of in the actual prequel series of them having right. any sort of chemistry or uh, ability with each other because they clearly right. have it. Yeah, you know, uh, if you go watch Obi Wan and those are scenes together, they actually do have chemistry and a relationship mm -hmm. that they actually portray the prequel trilogy right. they might as well not be bothering they don't they just kind right. of recite lines at each other because that's what George lucas made them do yeah um but and it makes no sense why he would do that why he wouldn't want emotion in your movie but right considering that's kind of what made star wars work is it sure as shit wasn't the plot right like if you watch the original trilogy they don't make much sense no there's no. not much story going on it's it's all emotion Right, it's all feel good emotion stuff, really. Even Empire, which ends with the mm -hmm. down note, is still all about there's hope, there's always hope. Right, you know, uh, you know, we're gonna Luke and Leia are gonna get Han back, 
and they're going to take down the right. empire and everything is going to be okay. Just you wait. Yeah. yeah. Just you wait. Everything's going to be okay. We've had a setback, but we're going to be all mm-hmm. right. Um, and it's all it is is sentiment from start right. to finish. And so you're like, your prequel trilogy has no sentiment whatsoever. There's no feeling at all to any of this. Um, right. Even revenge of the Sith, which most people say is like the best of them is right. very emotionless. Um, yeah. You I, know, I, I, I'll never not have issue with Revenge of the Sith because it made me like hate lightsaber battles. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. There's <laughs> too never many in that movie. No, it was, it was the climactic lightsaber battle never ended. It's still going on. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although it has some of the greatest bits that have become running jokes across right. uh, across uh, media uh, forever of the high ground bit and right. Um, you know. It's uh, it, there's some really wonderful stuff, uh, and of course, you know, uh, you know, Anakin getting his limbs chopped off. It's Eddie right. screaming lines at people, and it's it's I so. Hate you. I hate you. Like right. yeah, it's um, it's to uh, be fair, I'd probably scream that at somebody after they chopped off all my limbs too. So anyways, yeah, I yeah. get it. I'm on fire, and right. everyone just lets him burn. Um, yeah. you know, killer move though. I mean, yeah. yeah, well, he had the high ground, right? Don't try it, Anakin. I have the high ground. Um, (laughs) High ground. Um, But no, it's um, yeah, it's uh, I I kind of wish we we the the age spread in us was like more where like if you were like a little younger when this came out because I I would like to have seen um, or if we if we had managed to get a guest for the show who was like you know a kid when this came out like yeah. A kid, kid, you know, like, because I mean, there's with you know the generation after ours, or mm-hmm. maybe your generation. I don't know. I don't know. Are you millennial or are you a Gen X or I'm middle. I'm millennial. Not, okay, yeah. so you're an elderly millennial. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on the a, end of. I'm a. I'm yeah. a. I'm a young Gen Xer. Okay. Um, that tracks. So yeah. It's like I know what the like millennials and Gen Z like. You know, they grew up with this film and mm-hmm. they love this film. <laughs> Some of them and, do, yeah. Yeah, a lot of them, yeah. a lot of them love this film. And this was their Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um I, I wish we could have, you know, got a little flavor of that in there, but you know, yeah. What it I is. Mean, I'm, a, I'm a little older. A little right. Old to be. Right. Yeah. No, and it's a good point. Target I mean, audience for this. It's and that's the thing. I, I'm a little bit um what's the right word? Um I'm a little dubious uh, right. about that. Like, I know a lot of people, I, I feel like it's just one of those things that a lot of people say they like it because a lot of people right. don't like it. Um, yeah. and, and I'm sure there are people that legitimately love it. I think this it, is, I was going to say, but, I think this is one of those things where like, you know, I I love The Goonies. Sure. Um, the Goonies is not a good film. <laughs> it's not a, not a terrible film. Either. It's not a terrible film. <laughs> um, it's, so maybe it's not the not the best analogy, but you know, it's it's literally just a bunch of kids screaming at each other for ninety minutes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and because I saw it when I was you know the perfect age for it, it stuck mm-hmm. with me. You yeah. Know? Whereas you know I tried to show it to Jen, you know, after we got together, and she's like, "What the hell is this nonsense?" You oh, know? the Goonies. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, you know, that's didn't, fair. Didn't yeah. care for it at all. Mm-hmm. And, no, you know, I yeah. It hurt my heart to this day. Sure. Yeah. It does you know no I, I'm the same way I, I I'm trying to think of like the right example but I mean, it was like you know 
um, as a, I mean, a GI Joe, right? Uh, you know, as a kid, being like GI Joe was the greatest cartoon ever. If you watch it now, it's terrible. It's an right. awful, awful cartoon. Like it has no plots. It's just yeah. toy. It's toys. It's a toy commercial. Um, yeah, He Man, He Man with me and Transformers. You know? Yeah, yeah, same deal. Yeah. Although the Transformers movie is fucking awesome. I don't yeah. know. Well, yeah, there don't is that. anybody about that. Yeah. Well, Orson Welles is in that. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, yeah. But um, that's something else entirely. But yeah, the um um it's funny because that that actually the Transformers movie came up when I was talking about Rocky Four a couple weeks ago, which is nice. interesting. But yeah, the comparison of the soundtracks, I guess, was oh, okay. the point of it. But right. Um it's interesting they come up again. But but no, I, I get I get what you're saying is what I'm trying to get at is that, yeah, I mean, there's things that that hit you at the right age that even though you acknowledge they're not very good, they still mean right. something to you. Um, and, and that's something that, you know, Ewan McGregor talked about when he was doing, you know, they were doing the press junket for Obi-Wan. Right. Was he was like, there's a whole generation of children that love the film who are now young adults who right. will, you know, hopefully enjoy Obi-Wan and it will lead to sort of maybe a, a reappraisal right of the of the prequel trilogy and that maybe people will will see more in it and I, I that was more like dubious about really but I was like I don't know right I mean, like a critical reappraisal of these films does I don't think that's going to go in the film's favor but no. however as we've talked about a couple of times on this podcast maybe it will because right. sometimes it just does um all it takes my all it possibly takes is for the right tastemaker to say, mm-hmm. oh, actually, Phantom Menace is pretty good, actually. And suddenly, right. you know, there's going to be people who are going, oh, yeah, it's actually really good. I've I've been afraid to right. say it my whole life, but it's right. really good. And uh, and I and I may and I I'm willing to be to give the benefit of the doubt and say at least half of those people mean it earnestly. But, right. um, you know, I'm not saying that if you're listening to this at home and you like to play this, I'm not calling you a liar. Yeah. yeah. Um, what Don't I'm get saying it wrong. Is, yeah. But what I'm saying is that, you know, it's a little bit there's a there's that wave that happens. And um, I can't help but look at Phantom Menace and go, I I'm not sure I buy that people were going to look at this now and say, you know what, this isn't as bad as I remember it because it is. Right. It yeah. absolutely is. Um. Uh, however, I love watching it as a writing exercise because I love watching it and going like, you know what? I feel like you could piece this together. You spend right. a couple of tweaks and this movie's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, um, you know, my pitch was always, uh, first of all, you got you to gotta kind of change again what the Jedi kind of are at the start of this thing. Mm-hmm. Where they're like, they, they need to be like Ronin, you know, right. wandering the universe. They don't really have any central government or central beliefs. Uh, Right. Or central central organization. Yeah. Right. You know, Yoda is the grandmaster. Uh, but, you know, and so in my mind, this film opens with, you know, Qui-Gon and a fully trained Jedi, Obi-Wan Kenobi, not a mm. Padawan. Um, and then it's the idea that Obi-Wan was his teacher. Right. They, uh, Obi-Wan completed his training, but the two of them are still traveling together. It's because they're friends. Right. And then what you do is if you want to make this um, midichlorian thing float, you make Qui-Gon the scientist and Obi-Wan the philosopher, and they have a difference right. of opinion about how the force works, you know, right. and that's be my opening would be Qui-Gon being like, I'm telling you it's midichlorians and Obi-Wan be like, but that wouldn't explain why we're all connected. And he's like, right. well, would if we all have midichlorians, you know, it's sort of like there's a banter there, but it's why they work as a team. Yeah. And you keep the plot, you know, we're just going mm-hmm. to do a trade negotiation. Things go awry. We go on planet. We escape planet. 
Um, right. Even Jar Jar Binks can work if you just calm the Wake fuck him. down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if you make it, there's uh, ostensibly there's no narrative, actual narrative problem with having a comic relief alien and coming along. Right. Um, you can do it. You know, yeah. uh, you don't you don't have C-3PO yet. So right. go for it. But, you know, dial it back. You know, yeah, it doesn't um, have to be at 11 the entire time. Yeah. Then they end up on Tatooine. And then you just say the fighting's moved to Tatooine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's fighting there. And you just say, okay, so uh, Obi Wan, that there's it, Obi Wan and, and Qui Gon get separated. Right. Obi Wan ends up running into a 16 year old kid named Anakin, who, and as mm-hmm. soon as he meets him, he goes, holy shit, there's all right. kinds of force coming off of you. It's like Scatman Crothers and yeah. uh, Danny Torrance in The Shining. You know, right. like you got, you, you know, or Mario Van Peebles. Uh, you know, being like, you got it coming off of you like heat, you shine, right. you know, uh, it be that, you know, he's like, wow, who the hell are you? And I'm going to be like, I'm just some guy. And this is and why he's like, the best straight racer on Tatooine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, you have it being fighting where it's the idea right. is that Anakin is there's, there's a fight going on. Mm-hmm. Anakin is 16, his younger brother, Owen, uh, and their mother, Shmi live on, um, live on a, a moisture farm right. in on Tatooine. Dad's dead. Not mm-hmm. not virgin birth, you know. Right. There's just a father, um, and um, you know maybe his father had the shining too, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, dad's dead. There's a fight going on in Tatooine. Anakin wants to fight for what he believes in and fight for Tatooine mm-hmm. and fight for the moisture farm. Where Owen wants to keep his head down and run the moisture farm, right? Uh, and but uh, Obi Wan's like, wow, you've got all this force going on, like you. You could be the chosen one. And then when Qui-Gon shows up, he goes, hey, it's the chosen one. And Qui-Gon goes, that's a bad idea. And mm-hmm. they argue over it. Um, but Anakin, and then one of Qui-Gon's points would, of course, be like, this is 16, first of all. Second of all, he has ambition. He right. wants to get off this planet. He wants to fight. He wants to do all these things. These things are all bad for a Jedi. But then Obi-Wan's saying, but if we don't take him, right. the Sith are going to take him. They're going to come find him. And then then... You know, and then Darth Maul shows up, and they're like, "Well, we got to get him off this planet." And so they leave. And then the idea is that Obi Wan, what Obi Wan said in the first film, is true. And you talk to the council, which mm-hmm. the council only convenes in their spooky little temple because right. Darth Maul showed up. That's what. That's my idea. Would be like you know, right. you have them call Yoda and say, "Uh, so a Sith just showed up." in the middle of this political stuff. Right. And Yoda being like the Jedi council not been convened in you right. know, 35 years, you know, and they'll be like, well, we need it now. So they get together and that's when they decide collectively to be like, well, we got to make political moves. And then it turns mm-hmm. out to be the wrong idea. Right. Um, and then they, Obi-Wan's like, well, if I, if, if you don't sanction the training for Anakin, I'm going to train him anyway. Right. And that's, you know, what Obi-Wan said happened. And the idea is Obi-Wan's a young Jedi unprepared to train a, a young pupil. Mm-hmm. And as a result, Anakin, you know, throughout the next two films, grows resentful, grows right. ambitious, grows powerful. First of all, it's not about saving his wife either. Once we go that far, it's not that. It's just it's, yeah. his wife's in the way. All right. Like Anakin, mm-hmm. they didn't go evil enough with Return Revenge of the Sith. That's my biggest problem right. with that movie is I'm like, He's supposed to be becoming Darth Vader because he just chooses the dark side. It's not, right. he's not tricked into it. He doesn't yeah. wake up going like, where happened to my wife? Like, no, it's like, no, literally force joking my wife. Cause she's in my way. Right. Not, not like, you know, he joins the dark side because it's going to give him what he wants. Right. Power. 
you know, authority. That's what he's looking at. His wife, by the end of that storyline, you have to be like, he hates both Obi-Wan and his wife because they're both telling him to stop being a dick. Right. And he doesn't like it. He doesn't want them telling him what to do. It needs to be, you can't make him tragic villain in his origin story. Tragic right. villain comes later. Yeah. Um, it's the most ridiculous thing about it. I'm like, you know, that by the Revenge of the Sith, it should have been. And you don't have him murder a bunch of kids either. <laughs> That's because that just goes. I would. Well, yeah. I mean, well, both. He does that in two films. He does that in, right. in Attack of the Clones, too. He murders the yeah. same people. Right. Um. And uh, but I'm like, yeah, that's actually I'm kind of okay with that. Darth Vader becoming mm-hmm. evil, evil, evil. But really, the third movie should have been one by one. Anakin Skywalker right. was murdering the shit out of Jedi. Right. Like that's your last movie. It's hunting down the Jedi and killing. Not Order sixty six. Right. A bunch of clone troopers shoot him in the back like it's a bad Goodfellas ripoff. <laughs> it's no, it's Darth Vader. Right, goes and starts killing Jedi one after another after another until it's just him and obi-wan you know right. um, and that's what they that's what they have you know the what they alluded to in like the obi-wan series and, yeah. and and uh some of the other like the other cartoons and, and other adjacent materials yeah obi-wan's that, obi-wan's exposition in a new hope is darth vader killed the jedi right you know darth vader went and hunted down systemically mm-hmm all of the Jedi until right. all that's left is me and Yoda. And we're broken down old men living in a desert planet. Like right. it's not, it's not going well for us. He won. Right. Um, he 100% won. He totally yep. owned us. Um, he's that powerful. He's that evil. Uh, instead, what we get in this prequel trilogy is a whiny bitch, you right. know, like who, you know, and that even at the end, it's like, you know, well, I really want to save my wife. I'm like, no, Stop apologizing. Yeah. You can't apologize right. for Darth Vader. He's the he's supposed to be the most evil guy ever. Yeah, and that's then, like the one thing that was promised with this, you know, trilogy that never we never got was you know the full transformation failed. to Vader. Yeah. Like, you know, we we only see him I'm not I'm not saying put him in the costume, you know, earlier or anything like that, but we only see him like, you know, fully accept the role as Darth Vader in like the last shot. Yeah, of the, of the trilogy, it's like come, come on, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it would have been fine to even have you know more time with him as Darth Vader, looking normal. Right. You just have to find a way to make him look more menacing. Yeah. Um, but instead, that's what I mean. I think it's a chicken out thing. I think mm-hmm. it was that. Well, I, I want to set up retroactively, you know, right. Luke bringing him back to the light side and returning the Jedi, and I'm like, right. You can't do that. You can't apologize for him in advance. Right. And I feel like that's part of the reason why he was he was chosen to be make him six or whatever. And like, well, we need an innocent guy. And I'm like, no, no, you right. make him a complicated character from the word go. You right. know, Obi-Wan says in his in his exposition in A New Hope, he's like, the problem is I took this guy under my wing. I mm-hmm. trained him to be a Jedi. I wasn't a good teacher. Right. I screwed up. And he went and he murdered everybody. This is all my fault. That's why right. I'm, de- I'm a depressed old man on Tatooine. Yeah. Um, you know, in this, it's like, well, no, he, he actually did everything right. It's just that Anakin had feelings that he wasn't supposed to have. And it's right. like, you know, it's it. The idea is really needs to be from the word go. Anakin has ambitions. Anakin wants power. Right. You know, 
I've been living as a ta- as a moisture farmer on Tatooine, uh, you know, thinking I'm meant for more because I have all these superpowers. Right. You know, and going into it and learning to use those powers with the absolute intention, the best of intentions to be a good guy. Right. Uh, and then ultimately finding out that being a good guy kind of sucks sometimes and it doesn't get him what he wants. He's just, you know, being mm-hmm. kicked around, still perceiving reality as they'll never let me get past being the poor moisture farmer. Right. I'll never be as important. Yoda or Obi-Wan or any of them will never respect me the way I should be respected. And then that's mm-hmm. when you say, when the Jedi say, well, this isn't about respect. You know, you're supposed right. to be feeling something. You know, this is supposed to being a Jedi is humility. It's not what mm-hmm. you want. It's what's good for everybody else. And Obi-Wan and, you know, and Anakin being like, no, I want what I want. That's right. where then that's where he goes evil. But instead, it's like, you know, he had best intentions all the way to the very end. You mm-hmm. know, it was it's not his fault. It's everybody else's fault. Right. And that's a bad villain story. You it know, really villain, is. it's not a good arc. You know? No, your villain needs to needs to choose villainy to work. You know, right. it's you know, he needs to know what he's doing is wrong and still doing it anyway. That's the point of no return from a good character becoming a bad character is or right. a good aligned character becoming an evil character mm-hmm. is when that character decides to do the wrong thing on purpose. Right. And to me, that's, um, you know, not Anakin reluctantly killing younglings. It needed to be, I'm gung ho about this, right? you know, like I'm storming that temple and I'm burning it to the ground because mm-hmm. that makes me happy today. Like, right. you know, but instead it's like shed a single tear. Like, Right. And he's like, you know, oh, my boss wants me to do this, so I better do I it. I do. Yeah. I still want to be with Padme, I guess. Right. Even though uh, one would think the relationship would be over when, with the, I murdered their women and their children. Yeah. That's, uh, that's kind of the point of no return for Padme, really. Yeah. For me. Right. Padme's dark side. You kidding? Yep. You know, yep. she's at the end of the movie, she's like, you're going down a path I can't follow. I could deal with the death of the sand people. Right. Because they're not real people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You killed women, innocent sand people, but I right. was okay with that. But now you've killed human-looking children, so now right. I'm, I'm upset. Way to go, Padme. Yeah, um, you suck, Padme. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that's my that's my long way. That's my long winded right. pitch. But it's changing very little. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just you know you make them a little older. You make the arc a little bit more intensive. Right. Um, and um. Everything else sort of stays the same. I mean, like, right. I got no problem with Liam Neeson, you know, saying profound things at the camera, you know. Right. Uh, you know, I got no problem with uh, Ewan McGregor looking a little lost, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can deal with all that. Uh, obviously, you know, you change little things too, like, you know, he didn't build C-3PO. Right. Like, that's just dumb. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, you know, that's just kind of dumb. It's there's mm-hmm. no reason why they couldn't just run into C3PO somewhere. Um, well, but, yeah, I mean, they spend all the time, you know, at the Senate and like, you know, the hoity, hoi polloi, you know, places. And, you know, right, the droid right. would, totally, would totally be there, you know. Yeah, he could have just been one of Padme's protocol droids. Or shit, you know? man, like make, make it really cool and make it be like one of Palpatine's protocol droids. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you can still connect him to Darth to yeah. Darth Vader if you wanted to. Yeah, I right. mean, there's, but it's a little bit con- convoluted to connect him to Darth Vader. But, mm-hmm. um, 
but yeah, I mean, I think that it would be the idea of, you know, uh, you know, there's no problem with introducing C-3PO some right. other way. Um, I don't know you need to know that he was built by Darth Vader as a child. It doesn't right. make any sense. And what, what use is a protocol droid on a desert planet? None. None. To a slave, you know? Yeah. Right. I built him to help mom, but I'm like, help with what exactly? He translates. Right. Like yeah. he's, you know, he knows, he knows, uh, build a robot that knows how to use culture. a broom, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. What you need is a, a Roomba, not a, right. you know, not a protocol droid, you know, fluent in multiple forms of communication and culture. That's what he's right. used for is to be like, you know, take him, take him with you. You go into a room and it's a bunch of dignitaries from different governments. He right. feels like, Oh, I know exactly how to talk to them. Um, here's what you need to do. Like, don't smile. They take it as an offense. Like, you know, right. stuff like that. Don't show the back of your hand. You know, right. they, they get mad about it. Um, you know, they like, uh, they like being punched in the face, whatever their weird <laughs> whatever, culture yeah. thing is, you know, right. a show of strength, you know, mm -hmm. like C-3PO knows all that. He's never useful <laughs> in Star no. Wars ever. It never really comes up, although he does interpret a few times. So there you go. Right. But um, but yeah, I didn't need him to be made by Anakin Skywalker. It's a dumb idea. No. Yeah. I think even R2-D2 is a little superfluous in this, but it's, yeah, you know. I, I'm not sure why he decided that they needed to be in this other than, you know, just because he, he decided, you know, arbitrarily that they were going to be like the through line of the entire series for these two droids. Yeah. Like, because it doesn't really add anything. I mean, no, I mean, their role in the original trilogy uh, mm -hmm. was very much to to be observers, you know, right. or, or or a little bit of observe, a little bit of audience proxy, and a little bit of two X Machina, right? You know, R two D two kind of solves a lot of problems, kind of off to the side, right? Um, and a little bit of comic relief too. Don't yeah, worry. yeah. Oh, C-3PO is supposed that. to supposed to be funny. It's just whether or not right. you actually think he's funny or not. Um, R2-D2 is supposed to be funny, too. I mean, occasionally he's funny, yeah. 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 But, I mean, that's really their role. So, it's it's I, I, I don't necessarily see a problem with them being a through line for the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But um, it's similar to, like, what they did with the, the sequel trilogy where, like, you know, or even in, like, Rogue One, I think there's the riff tracks of Rogue One mentions, you know, mm -hmm. when Mon Mothma shows up and they're like, hi, I'm an original trilogy character, please nod right. smugly. You know, like, right. you can now you can now brag to your seatmate that you know who Mon Mothma is. Right. You know, it's, um, you know, where the, it's a little bit like, you know, there's no reason for it to be Mon Mothma except to tie it. Right. Um, and, um, I, and by the way, I don't like that I know Mon Mothma's name. That's you right. know? I don't I don't like that. I don't like that I know yeah. all this stuff. I don't know that I like that Kit knowing what Kit Fisto is. I feel like I was right. a better person before I knew what Kit <laughs> Fisto was. Um but um you know it's it's uh it, that's why I could never do it. I, I thought about it right. before when I was uh, I've told you this before and I've talked about this where I was when mm -hmm. I'm working hotels, I would often right. boot up stuff like TV tropes or whatever or a wiki of some kind. It would kill time. Right. And I never did Wikipedia. Right. Never. And I thought oh, about yeah, it. No, yeah. I thought about yeah. it a couple of times and I was like, I do not want to. I don't right. want to know. You know? Uh and Rift Tracks is a lot of jokes of that, like talking about like jizz whaling. Right. Which is actually a thing. 
Um, yeah. but it's like it's a whole thing. Like apparently, I haven't looked it up before. I, I trust Rift Tracks when they tell me there's like 14 pages of it on Wikipedia. I'm sure there um, is. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 that's way too much for me. Right, but um. So the, the more I know, the less I wish I knew. I I've think. only been there a few times and it's like confirmed, like, you know, my suspicious things. Yeah. Like, 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 I'm like, oh, am I remembering, you know, X planet correctly? You know, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I was or I wasn't, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But to, to peruse that site for fun would be madness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't imagine. Um, right. You know, it's it's like the same reason why I've more or less avoided getting into Star Trek more than I already mm-hmm. more than watching like the movies is because of right. like it just seems too exhausting. Right. Like there's so much canon that um I don't know if I want to. Right. Do it, well, it's, you know, it's, that's that's I think it's a sign of a, a bad fan too. Is like being so wrapped up in you know canon and the minutia of, yeah. of everything it's like you're just supposed to have fun with this yes you know it's just, yeah i'm the fuck down yeah right uh, you know, right yeah uh, i i saw it a lot with this uh new season of star trek picard you know which i think started off strong and then got progressively worse as it went on but uh yeah um I'm in the minority of that most people seem to think that it got better as it went along because they brought back more and more elements of, you know, the next generation mm. until, until they got to like, they brought the ship back, you right, know, right. and, and, you know, the ultimate, you know, bit of fan service there. It's like, I thought we we're supposed to be here for the stories guys, you know? It's, yeah. No, um, it's the same thing with Marvel movies where right. or comic book movies where now more and more discourse is uh what's it setting up. Right. And I'm kind of like, but that's not the point. It's not supposed right. to be like when Thor Love and, and Thunder at the end is like, here's Hercules, and I'm like, who cares? Right. Uh, you know, I wanted to have a good time watching this Thor movie and I didn't. Um right. but uh it's like that with every all of them. Now it's like, mm-hmm. well, what did it set up? And I'm like, it doesn't matter what it's set up, it's supposed to just be a good movie. Right. You know, we're supposed to be enjoying ourselves, not following yeah, and, following the canonical and I think history. I think I think Star Wars is is has a lot to do with that, um that kind of culture and like, you know, the Easter egg culture where it's like yeah. everything has to be an Easter egg or did oh, did you catch this or did you catch that? Like, right. Guys, the Easter eggs were just supposed to be superfluous, you know, fun. It's supposed to yeah. be a little bit of a frippery around the edges. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to you know amuse you for a second you know before they move on to the next thing that's supposed to be the whole point of the endeavor right right it's like star yeah star wars it's like every single movie has somebody saying uh, uh i've got a bad feeling about this right um which by the way i should have opened the show with i don't know why right. i didn't that's what well, i should if, have I, done if I was gonna open the show i was gonna open it with uh now this is podcasting oh um, so all right that would have been that would have maybe been maybe 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 at the end you maybe can still do end, that yeah. on the outro yep. um but yeah the um but yeah, now that I think about it, I should have been like, and I've I should have said, "Welcome to the Devil's Ball," and I got a bad feeling. A bad about feeling, this. <laughs> right? Um, but um, but no, it's uh, but yeah, I mean, it's so. What else positive can we say about Phantom Menace? I really like the starship designs. Uh, okay, the- no, I think that's valid. <laughs> I mean, like, it's uh, you know, let's talk about that. I guess let's talk right. about the visual effects because um, some well, of it I'll, works, some of it doesn't. Yeah, ILM, you know, has been the the biggest name in, you know, special effects for 
decades upon decades now for a reason. And I yeah. think, you know, this, most of this shows other than the stuff that, like we said earlier, didn't age well because the technology has just gotten better. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think a lot of the effects um, were bad at the time. I, there's a couple of little minor quibbles I would have here or there at the time, even like, um, you know, the over, overuse of fog in the battle scene because mm. they just can't render that much at once. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I think I think they're showing why they're ILM in this. Um, yeah, I mean, you managed to create, I mean, I don't think there, this one, I think this film was entirely shot in front of green screen. I don't think there were actually any sets. I don't think. Were there sets? There were sets. There are a lot more sets and a lot more practical effects than than people think of this. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's not. It's not yeah. all CG. It's not all green screen. Um, mm -hmm. Later, later ones like the um, episode two and three I used a lot more green screen. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, to the point where you know, like you said, it was just like people walking in front of a green screen, you know, for half the movie. Right. I'm talking to tennis balls. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Although my favorite story about that is not has nothing to do with um Star Wars. That it's a um Ian McKellen doing the hobby. Oh, when they yeah, I was gonna say when they broke Ian McKellen, that's probably yeah. The... Yeah. We walked in, it was just tennis balls with hot with door faces on them and he right. apparently burst into tears. It's like, what's yeah. happened to my life? Right. Um it's not funny, uh, for Ian McKellen, but yeah. it's um it is kind of funny in that like right. You know, this is what happened. This is what you know. In some cases, uh, film has become. Right. Um, but I think I think that you know, even going past the effects, like you, the design of the film um, really speaks to like you know the nineteen fifties or the fifties that had the like the Flash Gordon serials, whatever the hell the yeah Flash Gordon serials were. 40s, no, it would have been the forties, fifties, yeah. yeah, maybe the thirties, yeah, right, thirties. It, it had had that feel to it um you can see it especially like in the nebu cruiser or whatever padme's flying around in you know mm -hmm. looks like like classic science fiction ship um mm -hmm. you know and then there's you know a lot of like the ralph mcquarrie design you know stuff that just looks cool looks mm -hmm. star wars um yeah i don't know how about you what else what else did you like about this I mean, the, yeah, I mean, I think the, as far as the effects work goes, I mean, I think that, um, a lot of, a lot of it visually, at least sort of, I, like I said, I think it's too busy. Right. It, it's way too bright. There's way too much going on, mm -hmm. um, to the point where maybe, you know, um, less definitely would have been more, but, um, I, I feel like for the most part, everything was, was rendered pretty well in terms of not only that, but like making sense, like, like physicality of aliens right. you know was is thought out like they're like this is how this creature does stuff but i mean like right um and so you know and there's some good movement mm -hmm. uh going on with a lot of it which is actually very difficult to render uh right. motion is the hard part you can not make something stand there but making yeah. it move in any way that doesn't hurt your eyes uh you know is very difficult to do so i mean that in that respect and like the, the, the rendering of like these entire planets and trying to present alien worlds, it's not always successful, mm -hmm. but I think that it's always, I always appreciate the effort. I mean, there's right. always, there's, there's some really interesting backdrops 
yeah. happening here. Um, and giving you the idea of like the you know, establishment shots of like, you know, what kind of place we're in. Right. Um, and George and Lucas, despite himself, actually manages to pull together a couple of really good compositions mm-hmm. in this too. Um, right. Uh, like the, there is a montage uh, when the trade federation take over Naboo. Right. Uh, there's this actually really kind of lovely shot of Padme mm. in the red dress with the sunlight coming right. in. And I was like, did, did that, did George Lucas do this on purpose or was this an accident? Because right. you know, I don't know if he puts together a shot that nice in any other film, including the originals. I mean, I'm right. kind of like, it's a really nice shot. And I don't know. It seems like maybe a mistake was made, but right. um, because he's never proven to be a particularly good director. No. Um, and um, hell of a producer. Right. Quite possibly quite, quite possibly the greatest producer of all time. Uh, when you look at the work he did with Spielberg, mm-hmm. um, when he had somebody with uh, so much talent that it's ridiculous right. with Steven Spielberg behind yeah. the camera, with George Lucas being like, I know how to make that happen. Right. You know, um, that's extraordinary. That That's yeah. a hell of a collaboration. Um, you know, the even the even like Temple of Doom, mm-hmm. uh, you know, arguably the weakest of the the real Indiana Jones movies. Right. Um, you know, the trilogy, you mm-hmm. know, which they're, they're, it's pretty much still perfect. Like those movies right. are perfect. Yeah. And the reason they're perfect is because Steven Spielberg is a hell of a director and George Lucas is a hell of a producer. Right. Um, you know, George Lucas was just like, I know how to, I, right. I mean, I know how to get ILM to do this. I right. know how to get people to do these things yeah. like i know how to make I know all the this right, happen i know the right tools to to shoot this and you know to, yeah. to make this effect work and you yeah. know this that the other because george lucas has always been the tech guy mm-hmm. you know yeah more than more than a people director um I, one of the things i like about this film um is and this is what i like about star wars in general is is it they've always been really good at like filling out the world and making it feel living mm-hmm. and making it to where you can't really see the the edges of the screen so to say so to speak we're like you know you, you feel like you've, you've turned the corner you're still going to be able to see like you know Nabu or yeah or Coruscant or whatever you know it's not going to be just like oh the set ends here yeah yeah and um, you believe the infinite vastness of space you know right. like yeah like you know in outer space like this could go anywhere and anything is right. possible yeah you know although uh, although every time they go back to tatooine my, i i die a little inside yeah. um, there's way too much tattoo that's not that's not just the fault of this movie that's just star wars in general i know I, I agree yeah at least that well that's the thing is that even in the sequel trilogy there was like there's jakku which right. is basically Tatooine. Right. Um, and then they and go to Tatooine anyways. Yeah. They, they do very good at the very end. It's Tatooine. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah. Um, but no, I, I think that to your point, I think you're right. I think that mm-hmm. even even the, the worst of them, they still feel like yeah. I don't and, I don't feel like you have a problem believing you're somewhere else. Right. It's, you know? they've always been really good at world building. And yeah, you know, we we joked about, you know. The relevance of Wikipedia, but like the reason Wikipedia is there is because there's so much minutia and stuff that they, you know, that people thought out. Yeah. Um, that fill out the world and make it feel feel more real. Yeah. Yeah. 
And that's what I mean is that I do feel like um, where the prequel trilogy goes wrong is there's, it's not mm-hmm. grounded enough. You know, right. uh, that's what I mean by like the Jedi Temple should have we should be like Temple of Doom. You right. know, being old ruins with torches and and yeah. spooky antechambers because that's what you feel like when you're watching the first the initial trilogy. Mm-hmm. Sort of the world Obi Wan is describing is that it's monastic. Right. You know, yeah. it's which is also fun because you know, um, and that's one of the reasons why I actually object pretty heavily to the midichlorian concept is because mm-hmm. you know, again, we've talked about this many times. But both of us, I think, we're we're I think you're more atheist. Mm-hmm. and i'm more agnostic but right um we have no real particular use for faith right uh as individuals um but damn did star wars manage to make faith into something nice you know yeah. um you know right. the idea of uh you know what obi-wan is presenting in a new hope and being like you know the force is you know religion it's a it's right. a it's a space religion um mm-hmm. and much like any other religion it can make a really good guy or it can make a really bad guy right and it's what you do with it that matters but i mean and i've seen firsthand the positive things faith can do um but i mean it seemed like a nice idea in star yeah. wars and so to to open phantom menace and having a character go like well here's actually the scientific explanation for the force i'm kind of boo right because it diminishes I'm like, it yeah, I'm like, come on, man, it's faith. Right. It's a faith-based concept, you know? And I know that that may not have been as politically correct in 99, maybe, but mm-hmm. um, but again, it's space religion. It's not right. real religion, you know, other than a couple yeah. lines of, thank the maker, you know, it's like, there's no... Right. And they've kind no, of backed away from the midichlorian thing since then. They almost immediately dropped it. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a joke of the Rift Tracks, if you watch the Rift Tracks of A New Hope. Uh, there's a lot of jokes about that where like, you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi saying to Luke Sabbath, well, let's get your midichlorian levels checked. Like, or in the sequel trilogy where they're like, well, what's Ray's midichlorian count? Like, shh, we're not talking about that anymore. Right. Um, yeah, they drop it like a, they drop it like a hot rock because it went badly. You know, fans were like, wait, midichlorians like shut up, Mm -hmm. you know? And so they were like, we're never going to talk about this again. Um, I don't think that word ever comes out of Yoda's mouth. Right. Um, and that's what I meant, though. Do you think the prequels are too reactive to the fan base? Like, mm. do you think that, like, they take, they took the, uh, um, the criticisms of like you know the midichlorians and Jar Jar and whatnot like too seriously when making the like episodes two and three? I mean, obviously now like the way I, Disney I, runs runs Star Wars, it's, yeah. it's too reactive to the fan base in a lot of ways. Um, well, too, yeah, too pandering to the fan base. Right, Rise of Skywalker was absolutely right. Um, the big that's the problem with Rise of Skywalker. It's number right, right. one problem is it was just like there was, it was the, a reset the, to, to the fans of what they wanted, yeah, the or fa- what they said they wanted, or what they right. thought they wanted, or whatever. Well, what the rabid fans wanted, right? You know, yeah. where they were mad about women in Star Wars, so we're like, right. well, we'll cut them all. Um, in Rise of Skywalker, like Rose was a major character in mm-hmm. Last Jedi, and then they're like we're not half her in two scenes and we're never going to mention right. her again. Um, you know, it's, um, you know, everything that, everything that Ryan Johnson did with last Jedi went, went mm-hmm. against the, uh, we're actually, no, look what we're doing is copying the original trilogy. Right. So it's like, you know, you actually tried to do something interesting with it and 
the hardcore fan base was like, boo, it's not Star Wars. And they were like, all right. So J.J. Abrams was like, well, I'm going to give them what they want. Right. Um, Not not dissimilar, I think, from like, you know, uh, Snyder Cut Justice League getting released. It was a bad Mm -hmm. idea as well, where it was we're giving the wrong people what they want. Right. Um, To answer your question about the trilogy, the prequel trilogy, I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, I, I mean, because they dropped the Vidicorians really fast. They dropped, they dropped uh, Jar, Jar, Jar Jar yeah, almost entirely, you know. I think, I don't know if it's too seriously. I think that it was a realization mm-hmm. that it wasn't going to work. Right. Um, and I think those were right calls to cut yeah, those characters, yeah. to cut those I elements. Um, if the, if anything, uh, Lucas didn't listen enough, I think. Right. I, I think that, and I think there were interviews that suggested that, like George Lucas was not particularly aware mm-hmm. of uh, how much... I mean, there was definitely some he was aware of, but I think overall, right. like he understood the box office more than he did anything else. Um, right. And so like to the point where people were like, what do you think? I think of an interview asked him, what about the negative response to Phantom Menace? And he kind of said, mm-hmm. what negative response to Phantom Menace? Right. And they were like, do you not know? Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, we get that you're kind of an out of touch old guy, but you do know that people don't like this movie. Right. But um but no, I mean, he definitely had some reactive, you know, where right. it was definitely like Jar Jar is out. Mm-hmm. Midichlorians are out. We're never mentioned right. that again. Um, in fact, we're pretty much never going to mention Qui-Gon again. Right. Really. Um, you know, other than him, you know, off screen yelling something in uh, Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. um, which most people don't even notice, I think. Um but when he's killing the when Anakin is killing the Sam people, mm-hmm. you can hear you can hear Qui Gon yelling, "Anakin, Anakin, no!" But because yeah. it's his Force ghost, right? You know, he's he's trying to break through the veil. Um, but that's that's the only time he's really mentioned ever again. Right. Uh, it seemed like it was a pretty important deal to Obi Wan, but uh, yeah. we don't bring him up again. Um, you know, almost to the point that I'm surprised they even bothered to mention Shmi again. Right. You know, um, and maybe they shouldn't have, you know, but mm-hmm. um, maybe we didn't need that. You know, the whole second movie is a mess, but um, it's uh, but no, I, I don't think so. I think it, I yeah. think it's a good question, but yeah, yeah, I um, I one think- of the things, one of the strengths and weaknesses of this is that you know, George Lucas in this one really like made exactly what he set out to make in this one. I agree. Um, for yeah. better or for worse, you mm-hmm. know, and you know that's one of the strengths of him as as a as a creator is that you know he does have his own vision that you know, maybe maybe it's not the best <laughs> right but yeah but uh yeah. he's always been true to it it's always you know been like what he wants to make it yeah and that's pretty cool I think yeah. No, and I agree. I mean, there is something to be said about uh, having the courage to go out on your own and and uh, uh, make something this large, right? Um, and and to uh, do it the way you want to do it, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and in such a democratic way that you know, like you know, it, it's not like Stanley Kubrick, you know, right. who's like, well, I'm going to take as long as I want. Investors be damned. Mm-hmm. Uh, to make the film I want. I mean, he still managed to do it in an economic manner. Right. You know, uh, yeah. which is, again, speaking to his ability as a producer. 
was I can not only is he going to deliver the film he wants to make, he's going to deliver it on time and within budget. Right. Um, You know, he understands the game Mm -hmm. Uh, and maybe too well. Again, maybe that's part of the problem is there's not enough artist in George Lucas versus the original trilogy, which is the, you know, the two that people tend to like are the ones that he Mm -hmm. didn't make. Right. He wrote them, co-wrote them, but he didn't direct them. Uh, He produced the hell out of them. Right. And um, and they're great films, but there's a little bit more art in Empire right. and Jedi uh, for all of the ridiculous of Jedi. There's some, some right. stunning, stunning filmmaking oh, yeah. happening in Return sure. of the Jedi, but um, uh, without a doubt. Uh, but it's um, yeah, maybe a New Hope didn't really have, but and the prequels right. definitely don't have it. And I still feel like it goes back to that where I'm, I almost feel like the prequel trilogy probably would have worked mm. really well if he had kept doing that right if he hired other guys and said yeah uh here's this thing i've got here's my plot beat here's my story here's what i want to do and then hand it off to a screenwriter right and hand it off to a director mm. and and then be there to be the great right. producer george lucas uh i can't help but wonder what kind of brilliant films these may have turned out to be if right. uh he had found uh, more conscientious uh, collaborators to mm-hmm. to help him to help him get over certain hurdles that he clearly was unprepared to clear, right. such as directing actors, you know, or like, or if you know Rick McCallum, like the other producer on on these, uh, who was mm. producing, you know, for him since uh, well, since Star Wars, I think I don't know if he produced before anything of his before that, but like if he had been more forceful and pushing back on certain ideas, you know, writing him in, like, yeah, kind of, you know, be a little more hands-on producer than maybe he was. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's, again, that's a sort of a a problem I think that happens with a lot of, uh, a lot of major name filmmakers these days is that there's not a lot of people telling them no. Right. And um, it, it leads to, uh, you know, a lot, it's led to a lot of very self-indulgent, uh, filmmaking right uh and then you you know in, in the discourse always goes back and forth of like you know they've earned it like yes in theory they have but mm-hmm. you still have sort of a responsibility to work within this system right and uh so you know i don't need a four-hour quentin tarantino movie no. uh ever and um you know it's but no one's gonna tell him no you know ever right you know, uh, no one's going to tell George Lucas no. No one's going to tell Martin Scorsese no. Uh, you know, and then, you know, and that's happening too. Like Martin Scorsese's next film is, is rumored to be three and a half hours long. And it's like, right. Uh, does I, it have to be? Does yeah. it have to be, Martin? Right. I doubt it. But but you're Martin Scorsese. So who's going to tell right. you that you're wrong? Um, and that's why I was like, that's why I always argue. That's why I tend to not particularly dig on director's cuts myself is because I right. feel like sometimes it's, it's right that they were told yeah, and, no. unless yeah unless there's like a situation where like the studio like you know got involved and yeah. cut the director out of the process yes usually what you know gets to your theater your cinemaplex you know is is the optimal cut yes know? yeah yeah that's supposed to be the idea yeah you right. got an editor who's going to make this film work right. um but yeah it's um but yeah it's 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 a fa- it's a fascinating film Right, Phantom Menace. I mean, it's uh, it's not good. 
you know, no. it's it's difficult to kind of get through, I think, in certain ways. Um, but there is there's a spirit to it. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's still more that it it's undeniably still Star Wars. So I mean it it works on that level. Right. Uh I think probably the only film I would say in the Star Wars films that don't feel like Star Wars is Rise of Skywalker. Right. Um, but there's a whole other conversation because that thing's a mess, huge right. mess. I would still take it over any of the prequels, I think, but it's definitely a mess. But um I haven't I haven't I've tried to rewatch Rise of Skywalker. I have not successfully gone gotten through it. I've it's only hard. seen it. I've yeah. only seen it the once and uh that was at the theater. Yeah, it's hard. Right. Uh even with even with Rift Tracks, it's not the easiest one to get through. It's mm-hmm. it really is a mess. Same thing with Attack of the Clones. Um right. they're really difficult to, to to sit through, even with Rift Tracks. It's still a little bit like oof. Okay. Right. But um, but I love uh um I love the rift tracks of um, uh, Revenge of the Sith. It's mm-hmm. a good one, um, and then of course the original trilogy. Um, yeah. But what's your Star Wars ranking? Why don't we close out with that? What's your What's your ranking? Uh, I think uh, New Hope. I guess the the ranking would be mostly in the order that they were released in the in the original trilogy, um, mm-hmm. and then. I would put the prequels probably near the bottom of mm. uh, my ranking. And then, you know, in the middle would be the, the sequel trilogy mm-hmm. outside of outside of Rise of Skywalker, which is, is batting head to head for the worst of the series. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I go, I go with Empire. Best mm-hmm. movie. Uh, and then after that last Jedi, then Rogue One. Um, and then, um, those are the three best Star Wars movies, in my opinion. Um, and they're the three that dared to buck convention. So shocking. Right. But, um, and then, uh, after that, I would probably would say, uh, Jedi, no new hope. I think a new, uh, it's funny when you get older, new hope is actually better than Jedi. When you're a kid, Jedi is way better. But, um, but when you get older, it's like, no, actually new hope is actually a pretty solid film. Uh, and then Jedi. Uh, and then I would say, uh, probably solo, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, uh, Revenge of the Sith, Phantom Menace, maybe Attack of the Clones, yeah. maybe Last Jedi, then Attack of the Clones, maybe. I don't right. know, not Last Jedi, uh, Rise of Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker. right? Yeah, um, and somewhere in there is the uh, holiday special, but the holiday special is beloved for a wholly different reason, yeah. Um, but um, and I, and I do films, yeah, yeah, and I do love it. I do right. love the holiday Same. special, but um, it's um, but yeah, I mean, I think probably uh, my favorite is almost certainly Empire. It's such a, it's just such a great film, right? Uh, and then I loved Last Jedi. Uh, other than you know the protracted like casino stuff, and you know, there's still there's right. problems with Last Jedi, but yeah, um, but it. It the good the thing right about moves. last Jedi, yeah, the good thing about the last Jedi was like I left the theater and I had no idea where the story was going to go next for the yeah. first time in yeah. I don't know how long with Star Wars. Totally, yeah, and it was heading in a direction that I think was really interesting, and then they right. were like, "No, we're not doing that anymore." Yeah, yeah. Um, Kylo Ren is a tragic villain. I'm like, no, no, right. no. second movie, he killed his dad, man, killed yeah. his dad, and then the second movie, it's. 
they toy with it in the second movie where Ray's like, maybe I can bring him back. And he's like, no, you won't. And I'm like, that's right. it. Door slam. Yeah, that, yeah. He's yeah. the villain now. We kill him at the end, right? No, right. no, no. It's actually just somehow Palpatine returned. <laughs> um, I cannot believe still to this day, I cannot believe that's actually the line. I, you know, somebody wrote that and then somebody wrote that it out mm-hmm. and then they edited it together and put it in a film and released yeah. it to the public. Somehow, Palpatine, Palpatine returned. There's no explanation as to how, yep. nothing, and just somehow. One of the better actors of our generation had to say it, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and he nailed it. I mean, he did it, yeah, but, yeah. and I'm like, good for you, but like, seriously, that was Oscar writer. Isaac, wasn't it? Had, uh, yes, was that, yeah, that was Poe, that was Poe. Yeah. Yeah, yep. somehow Palpatine returned. Um, but yeah, it's uh it's Star Wars is fun, man. It's it's a it's it's yeah. always fun. And uh it's even when I it's, it's bad, been, I have a good time, you know, yeah, most yeah, of the time. Most know. of the time. Yeah. Even Rise of Skywalker did have its moments, but um yeah. but they just weren't very many with no. that one. Um, but all of it has to be taken with a certain grain of salt, I think, in general. Right. Like, you know, it, it's to a degree, what we're talking about is something that is kind of deliberately meant to be a slurry of tropes, you right. know, like, you know, George Lucas knew what he was making when he started this thing, which was, you know, it's the hero wears white, villain right. wears black. Uh, you know, it's it's as simple as that. The hero's journey, Joseph Campbell. Yeah. Uh, you know, he knew what he was doing. He was like, mm-hmm. I'm making every fantasy space up. I'm making every fantasy opera, you know, thing I can right. think of. And I'm putting it into one place. And it blew everybody's minds because nobody ever seen anything like it. Right. Um, and so, and here we are a million years later. Right. Well, whatever it is, like, you know, 45 years later, whatever, 50 yeah. years later. Um, you know, and everybody's still talking about it. And there's just a billion and a half memes and, mm-hmm. you know. May the fourth be with you. And then revenge of the fifth. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just wanna just wanna keep the uh meaning of the fourth in our hearts all year round. And uh sure. Try not to get too commercial with it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh do uh, they make do they make do they make like greeting cards for May the fourth yet? I mean, I'm assuming I, Disney. If they can sell it, they, if yeah. they can sell it, they make it. Um, yeah. that's yeah. you know. That's always been the case with Star Wars. I mean, that's never, yeah, never not yeah. been the case. Um, that's that's the joke. Was... That's the Rift Tracks joke during uh, the pod race. Is like Mike Nelson being like, "Oh, it almost seems as if George Lucas made this scene with the aftermarket video game in mind." And it's <laughs> right. like he almost certainly did, Mike Nelson. Yeah. He almost certainly did. Yeah, but uh, I'd say if you've seen the uh, original, not the original. I'm sorry. If you've seen Phantom Menace. 100 times watch the riff tracks for the 101st times and it's it's a lot of fun uh they have a lot of fun with that that movie um i i didn't watch the for this run through i watched just the straight version okay. but uh i really I wished i'd watched the the riff tracks version to be honest i haven't um, watched the non-rift versions in such a long time one of these days got, yeah I, I got about 20 minutes in and I realized I'm not going to be taking any notes because I already have we memorized. Yes. Um, Because I've seen it so many times because yeah. the completionist in me, whenever I want to watch Star Wars, has to watch all the Star Wars. You know, I can't yeah. just watch the good ones. I have to no. watch all of them. Yeah. Um, Every time. 
Yep. So, you know, check it out. Um, is there anything else we missed? I don't think so. I think we yeah. kind of covered everything. I mean, it's, um, is there anybody we didn't bring up specifically that we should? I don't think so. Um, let me see. Let me check the, uh, yeah. I mean, the, Wiki, the, the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Right. Right. See. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. David Tattersall did the director of photography. Uh, yeah. Editing was done by Ben Burt and uh, Paul Martin Smith. Um, production design was uh, Gavin Paquette. Okay. I mean, is there you anything know, we need so, to? Yeah. Is there anything no, we need to talk about? Just a couple, but I don't... couple, a couple of names that I think probably pitched in a lot. To make oh yeah. Look, look great. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and it does. It does look great for the most part. You know. It, for the most part, yeah. Parts of it, like we said, haven't aged well, but um, yeah. yeah, that's that's just the nature of filmmaking, you know. Mm-hmm. Some no, parts very true. aren't going to age well, uh, but anyways, with that, I guess I'll take us out of here. Um, just remember to uh, watch out for one another. Uh, you know, that's what the real Jedi's of the galaxy do is they look out for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just remind you guys still to. Uh, be kind, rewind, mostly be kind. And this is podcasting. Yeah, there you go. Yep. Thank you. Oh,